Welcome to the God Life with Pastor Dolapo Lawal, the lead pastor of the Zoe household. His desire is to bring you to the consciousness of the Zoe life that has been made available to everyone who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen and be equipped. Three sessions, 12 a.m. CST time, 6 a.m. West African time, um, 12 noon CST time, 6 p.m. West African time, 6 p.m. CST time, and 12 a.m. West African time. Um, these are the sessions. This is the way we'll, we'll go about it, right? Um, yeah, we'll pray, we'll listen to the word, we'll play a message, and then I think a pastor, yeah, stuff like that, yeah. So these 21 days, be ready, be ready. And what I want to teach us about today is just, um, what does it mean to fast, to fast and pray? What are we doing exactly? Why are we waiting on the Lord? I'll just um, share one or two things about that. Babiko mm. fasting can be defined as abstaining from food, for spiritual purposes. Um, some people say there are different types of fasts. There's um, cloth fasts. I don't know, is that possible to have cloth fasts? I don't know if you naked. No, there's no cloth fast. There is um, TV fasts. I don't know. I don't have any scriptural reference for all those things. But I know that biblical fast is actually abstaining from food. Social media fast. I don't know what that is. It's not in Bible. Biblical fast can be defined as abstaining from food for spiritual purpose, purposes. Simply going without food because it is, um, going without food because yeah, not, not that you're not eating because um, it is not available or for medical reasons. That's not biblical fasting. There must be a spiritual motivation for it to qualify as a fast biblically, right? A biblical fast, the qualification is that there is a spiritual motivation. Now, um, should the New Testament believer fast? Is there any reason for us to fast? I'm going to read a text to you. Luke 4, verse 1. Luke 4, verse 1 and verse 2. I'm going to read that text to you now. Luke 4, verse 1 and verse 2. It says, And Jesus, being filled or being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led to this, by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did not eat anything. And when they were ended, after, afterwards he became hungry. So Jesus fasted, and that's not enough. That's not enough. So Jesus fasted, so that's why we should fast. Somebody can argue and say, yes, Jesus fasted, that's why we should not fast. He fasted so that we will not be having to fast. But look at the qualification. Look at what made Jesus fast. He says, Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost. So it is people that are full of the Holy Ghost that qualify to fast. If you are full of the Holy Ghost, then you should fast. Jesus fasted because he's full of the Holy Ghost. So say, I don't need to fast because I'm full of the Holy Ghost. That's the more reason why you should, right? And Matthew 6, look at Matthew 6, verse 16. Matthew 6, verse 16. Jesus expects us to fast. Matthew 6, verse 16, he says, 
Moreover, when ye fast, he said, when ye fast, that means they were not fasting there, but he was speaking to the disciples, right? He says, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites for his sad countenance, for they disfigure their face, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, their reward they have already gotten, right? So he expects us to fast, and he fasted. And then the qualification for his fasting was because he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, what, what are the wrong motivations for fasting? What are the things that I want you to be careful of as we fast for 21 days? Aside the fact, fast that you should not break your fast during breakfast. Don't eat by 11 a.m. and say that you are fasting. Eh? Say, Pastor Lack, why are you the one? Are you the one that is the fast is on to? Like, why are you judging? Come on, be serious with your life. Why will you break by eleven in the morning? If you are a pray, if you are you, if you are a pregnant woman, then don't fast. If you are, if you have health issues, or fasting for you, don't worry. Right, but if you are fine, don't break your fast by ten a.m. You are not serious. You know, you're a serious person. We're supposed to knock your head. Why will you break your fast by 10 and say, I fasted today? Hmm? Be serious with your life. Right? All right. Wrong motivations for fasting. The crucial issue is not whether people know you are fasting, but whether you want them to know so that you can bask in the, admir in the ad admiration. Matthew 6, verse 17 and 18, it says, But thou, but thou, when thou fast, anoint thy head and wash thy face. Please, as you are fasting, eh, don't fight with your sponge and your toothbrush, so that people will not die. Be very considerate. Hmm? Don't let it be obvious. Matthew verse 17, and look at verse 18 that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto the Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So the crucial thing, what Jesus is saying is not that, okay, is it wrong, um, is it wrong that people should know you are fasting? No, what Jesus is actually saying is that don't want people to know. Don't try to make it obvious you are fasting, because you are fasting now. Normally you wear makeup, you know wear makeup. You're not carrying, you know, only face. <laughs> yes, or some people will know you will not bath. You say, please have your baits. Hmm? Bath. Or you will not brush. You say you don't want anything to come to your mouth. It's not good. Think about people around you. Don't want us to die. Yeah? Don't do that. It's not good. That's evil working. They are working evil. That's a crime. Right? So that's number one. Number two is don't think that fasting will is a justification. You know, you're being to be justified by the works. Don't see it as works. Fasting is not a strong reason for God to bless you. It is a strong reason to fast because you have been blessed already. Don't see it as though, ah, this period as I'm fasting, this is why God will bless me. That's not why God will bless you. It is because you're already blessed and that you're a son of God. It's not because of what you're doing during this fast that God will bless you. It's because of what Jesus has already done for you. Actually, you're fasting actually because of what Jesus has done for you. 
you're not fasting so that Jesus can do something for you, right? So the idea is thanksgiving and ask this, that you are serious enough with your life to want to dedicate 21 days to abstain from food, you that you like food, that you can be consecrated. It's a beautiful thing. It's showing that you are matured. You are taking responsibility for your spiritual life, your spiritual growth. And that's beautiful, right? Look at Luke 18, verse 9. And he spake this parable unto them, which trusted in themselves, that they were righteous and despised others. Verse 10, it says, Two men went into the, the temple to pray, and one was a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood up and prayed to us with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all my possessions. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up his voice so, so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalted himself shall be abased, and he that don't let himself shall be exalted. You see that? This is not a time when you start crying, oh God, for the reason of this fast. Don't do all those things. Hmm? Jesus is telling you that it will not profit you. And that's why I'm taking my time to teach you like this. Is a, these are basic teachings. It is basic teachings that give wisdom. And it is wisdom that helps you to, you know, to apply what the word of God is, 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 uh, is saying to you expressly, right? Number three is don't see it as an avenue to commend yourself onto, um, to commend yourself onto God. First Corinthians 8 verse 8. I know this is really taking the text out of, not necessarily, but I lifted the text. It's not too good for our health, but it can pass now, shall he says, but meat um, commended us not to, to God, for neither if we eat, are we better? Neither if we eat not, are we worse? So he's saying, fasting or no fasting, it doesn't make you better in the sight of God. We are not fasting so that God can look at us in a different way. Say, ah, and these people are putting their photo. No, that's not why. We're going to see why we fast. We fast to awaken a spiritual hunger for God that may be dulled because of our desire for the things of the world. We are not fasting because of God. We're fasting for an awakening, a spiritual desire. We fast for ourselves. Jesus was saying that this cannot go except by fasting and prayer. What was he talking about? He was talking about unbelief. We are fasting to get rid of unbelief. And that will mean that if you're fasting, you're just doing hunger strike. If you are not fasting to the word of God, anybody that is fasting must be reading the word of God. The idea is that as you're not feeding your body, your spirit or your mind is not distracted by the feeding of your body and is conscious of the fact that you are intentionally trying to feed your soul and um, from your spirit. Right, so if you're not fast, if you're fasting and you're not eating, the idea is that there is a substitution, which is that you're feeding your spirits. So anybody that is fasting, you must be fasting to the word of God. That is when it is called fasting. If that is not happening, then what you're doing is on your strike. 
you must ensure that you are fasting to the word of God. So like never before, go to Zoe Household website and listen to messages. Bonner boy can wait. Hmm? You will not die if you don't listen to David. Though. Go and listen to David. Oh, what did I just do? Well, you understand what I'm saying? Go and listen to David. Go and hear the word of God. Be fasting to the scriptures. And just for inspiration's sake, let's look at um, Zechariah and then we'll, we'll close there. Zechariah. Zechariah verse. Zechariah verse 4. I will just close there. You know, so I don't want to stay long today. Zechariah verse chapter 4. Please don't miss any day, any time you can join the prayers for these 21 days. Do well to join. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 1. And the angel that talked with me again and waked me as a man that, that is woken out of his sleep and said unto me, what seest thou? And I said, I have looked and behold a candlestick of all of gold, which with a bow upon the top of it, and his seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the top of it, and the two olive tree by it, one upon the right side of the bowl, and the other upon the left side of the bowl. So I answered and spake to the angel that spoke with me, saying, what are these, my Lord? And the angel talked with me and answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what this be? And I said, No, my Lord. Now I want you to notice something. That every time people ask angel questions in the Bible, they always ask, that, Are you sure you don't know? Has anybody noticed? <clears throat> if you ask and if you ask angel in the Old Testament, when people ask angels questions, they always ask that, Are you sure? Like you don't know. And if you check in um, the book of John as well, you see them asking, you ask again, are you sure? Because we have the mind of Christ, right? So it's expected that we know all things. So you have the capacity to know all things, right? Do you understand? Yeah. What yes, sir. Yeah, you have capacity to know. They are surprised that you don't know. Because we are made in the image and after the likeness of God. Okay. He says, no, my Lord. Then the angels are speaking unto him, saying, this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, not by power, not by might, but by the Spirit, saith the Lord. Now, let me just give, okay, look at verse 7. Who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt become a plain. It shall bring forth the headstone thereof, with shouting, crying, Grace, grace unto you. So there is um there is a setting here. Let me just so I don't talk too much. There is a setting here. Mm. All right. There is a setting here. Um and I just want to see how to inspire you, you know to see the importance of what we want to do this 20, 21 days. There is a setting here, the, the Zechariah the prophet is, um, is in the temple and 
you know, the angel of the Lord is trying to speak to him about something. Now, what Zechariah is saying is what John saw in the book of Revelations, Revelations chapter 11 as well. And in fact, it's, it's, um, it's a prophecy about a reality that will happen to the Lacedonian church, the church in Thessalonica in Revelations chapter three, right? So the, um, Zachariah is in this, um, um, uh, is in this vision, right? And then he sees the menorah. What, what is the menorah is, it's, um, it's, it's an, it's an, I'm trying to remember the word now. It's giving me voila. It's um if you I don't think most of you have. God will give you wisdom to get it. If you have, if you've been to, you can Google Menorah. If you've been to a Catholic church, you see, you see this um this, this, this candle. You see this candle. You see this candle stand that has seven things. That's called a menorah. So there are candles there, right? So God told, so Zechariah is in this trance and he sees the menorah. Now, the menorah is in the holies. There are three parts of the tabernacle. The word tabernacle means dwelling, right? So there are three parts of the tabernacle. There is the outer court, there is the inner court, and then there is the holies of holies. Now, the tabernacle is important that we can study it in the New Testament because it's a typology of our inside, of ourselves, right? We are now God's dwelling place. And so the structure of the tabernacle is the structure of the man. God designed the tabernacle in a way that he had formed man, right? So the tabernacle is there. The menorah is not in the holies of holies. The menorah is in the holies. And then there is the outer court. So there is light that comes into the tabernacle. There is space for light to come into the tabernacle, the tents. So in that space, the light of the outer court, where David says, I will enter his gate with thanksgiving and enter his court with praise. The, the light of that entering his gate is the sunlight, the light from the sun, which shines upon everybody. That's why everybody can come to the outer courts. Everybody has access to the outer courts. Now, when you enter into, when you pass the outer court and come into the um, the holies, the holies, not the holies of holies, the holies, which is the inner court, that is where you find the menorah, the seven, the, the, the equipment that helps to hold the seven candles. Now, those seven candles will signify the church. If you're reading Revelations, you understand that the menorah was signifying the church, which are the seven churches that Jesus wrote to, right? Now you also have to understand that the church refers to the paradox of singularism and pluralism, which we mean in as much as the church is the called out ones, it's also referring to a person, right? So when you hear the word church, it's talking about a people and it's also talking about a person. So when you look at that, when you look at that menorah, it is revealing, it is revealing the church. 
which are the seven churches of Jesus Christ that we find in the book of Revelations. Now, that menorah is not put in the holies of holies. Why is the menorah not put in the holies of holies? Because there is a responsibility that comes with the menorah. God instructs that the priests should ensure that the light of the menorah doesn't go off. So the menorah has to be fueled with oil. So you put oil in the menorah. When you put oil in the menorah, so that the light will keep, so that light will keep, um, the, the, the light of the menorah will not go off. So God instructs in Exodus 27 verse 20 that the light of the menorah in the holies must not go off. There is sunlight coming into the outer courts. The light of the holy place, which is the inner court, is the light of the candle in the menorah, from the menorah. And then the light of the holies of holies is the light of God, which is the Shekinah. In the holies of holies, there was a mechanism by the Spirit of God that allowed the light of God shine directly on the ark of God. If that light was not there, then God is not there. So in the holies of holies, there was a light by the Spirit of God. Then in the in the holy in the holy place, which is the inner court where the menorah is, the priest had to go there and ensure that he was putting oil in that menorah. Are you people understanding what I'm saying so far? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, beautiful. So you have to ensure that he's putting oil in that place so far. Now, the priesthood, the priesthood line of Eli was cut short, not, be just, not just because of the misbehaviors of the sons of Eli. If you read um, 1 Samuel 3, verse 13, you realize that Eli failed in his priestly duties after he couldn't see anymore. The Bible says he, he became blind you know, due to old age, and the light of the menorah went off. The day the light of the menorah went off was the day that God spoke to Samuel. Do you understand what I just said? It's very important for what I want to say. The day that the light of the menorah, which was under the priesthood of Eli, went off, that night God spoke to Samuel. It means immediately God replaced him. Immediately. Because the instruction is that the light of the menorah must not go off. Now, I said that that's a typology of man. The tabernacle is a typology of man because we are the tabernacle of God. We are the dwelling of God. So your body is the outer courts. You light, sunlight, you can see with your eyes. Now, the inner court, which is where the menorah is, is your soul. And then the most holy place is your heart. There is perfect, absolute light in your heart. Your spirit man, I said that this morning at um, um, School of Ministry, your spirit man does not join you to sin. Your spirit man cannot sin. Your spirit man does not join you to sin. It is your flesh and your body that sins. In the most holy place, if you go there sinful, you will die. You can't do sin inside there is a mechanism by the light of God to prevent sin from coming in. Do you understand what I just said? So when you hear Peter say things like, he that has the seed of Christ cannot sin, he's speaking about the, the, the spirit of a man. Your spirit man can never sin. It is your flesh and your soul. 
that sins. And this is the reason I'm going to say something as we're going on so you understand what I'm saying very well. Why are we learning all these things? Listen. So there are two, there are two witnesses, two um, olive trees that um, which is signifying oil. First Samuel 16, verse 13, you know, oil is used as um, a symbol for, for the anointing of the Spirit of God. Um, in the anointing of David, the Bible says, and immediately Samuel poured the oil upon him, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him from that day on. So the oil was a symbolism for the Holy Spirit, right? So the olive trees that he saw that was, that the oil of the olive tree was flowing into the menorah was talking about the two trees signified two witnesses, right? And you understand what I'm saying if you read Revelations 11, um, verse 6, you see that there are two witnesses. Let's look at that. Revelations 11, verse 4 and verse 6. Don't worry, you're going to understand why I'm telling you all these stories very soon. Revelations 11, verse 4. It says, now look at what we just read in Zechariah chapter 4. Revelations 11 verse 4. It says, these are the two olive trees. Can you remember that we read olive trees in Zechariah 4? Yes, sir. Can you remember? Yes, sir. Okay, let's check it. Let's go back and check it. Look at Zechariah 4 verse 3. And two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl and one upon the left side of the bowl. All right. So this, so now you're seeing the, the meaning of the of the prophecy, right? Just just pay attention. It's not confusing and it's not hard. Just pay attention. These are two olive trees and two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceeded out of their mouth and devoured their enemies. And if any man will them, he must in this manner be killed. These have power to shut heaven. So who are these witnesses? Who can try? Who has power to shut heaven that it's rain not in the days of their prophecy? Who did this? Elijah, Elijah, it's Elijah that did not allow it for, mm -hmm. and have power over waters to turn them to blood and smite the earth with all plagues. Who is this one? Moses. Uh -huh. Moses. Moses. So he's speaking about two witnesses, which will imply Moses here. Remember that Moses is a Levite. So Moses will be a typology of the priests, priests in this case and Elijah will signify prophets, right? So he's saying that the oil that is flowing into the menorah is a priestly and prophetic oil, right? And then the Bible says that this is what he has made us. He has made us kings and priests unto himself. Right, and this king, this priestly thing we're talking about is a function of the spirit of God that is already in us. So, God has supplied the spirit of God inside of us, but God is expecting us to put the spirit within put upon. 
God will not help you put the spirit within upon. This is the major reason why you fast. Remember, Jesus said in John 7, verse 37, he says, if any man test, let him come to me. He says, I shall give him to drink and out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. What is that living water he's talking about? He's talking about the witness of the Holy Ghost. The idea of the Holy Ghost is to drink him and allow him flow through you. If you are not seeing a manifestation of the supernatural that is on your within, then there is something wrong. Can somebody mute? It's already muted, sir. You can go on. Okay. Um, let me just go on. Okay. So he's speaking about... So in John 7, 7 verse 37, he says, you know, um, if you're thirsty, come and drink, and out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Then it tells us what the living water is in Revelations 22. It makes us know that the water is the Holy Ghost. Remember the parable that Jesus gave us about the man, the rich man and Lazarus. Can you remember the parable? The Bible says that the rich man, listen, the fire in hell fire, eh? When we're talking about that fire, I don't think that the fire will be burning your body. No. The pain of hell is test. Let me show you something. Let me show you something. So you can understand why you are fasting. Many people don't understand the reason for fasting. Right? Look at Luke 16, verse 23. Luke 16, verse 23. The light of your menorah must not go off. Oh. That's the reason for all this, my story, Oh, God has already supplied the oil. The light of your menorah must not go off. It's your duty to keep it burning. Look at Luke 16, verse 23. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes being in torment and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. So the problem of the rich man in hell was not the fire. The fire was a mechanism to make him test. Do you understand? He didn't say, Father Abraham, tell them to reduce the fire. He said, Father Abraham, tell Lazarus to put his hand inside water and let that water just touch my tongue small. So when he says this, what he was talking about is, he's talking about a test in his spirit. The same water that Jesus says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water, is asking for that water in hell. So the pain of hell it's not that somebody is flogging you. The pain of hell is test for life, which is the Holy Ghost. So everything is about the oil. Everything is about the living water. If you refuse to take him now, you will really want him there. So that's the pain in hell. The pain in hell is that your spirit, eh? Your spirit, because listen, every spirit must come back to God. Is it not God that breathed the spirit into man? Every spirit will come back to God. So this is what will happen. Your inner man, your spirit man doesn't join you to sin because it's God that put that spirit there, his Shekinah, right? Which is the witness for good and evil in every man, which we call conscience. 
that conscience will come back. So this is what will happen. Your soul and your body, right, will be in hell. And your spirit will be as a witness in heaven, watching all the splendor and the glory, while your soul and your body will be grieving with gnashing of teeth of what your spirit is seeing. Did you notice that the rich man was seeing Lazarus and Abraham? The pain in hell is that you miss life and you can see what you are missing. That's the pain in hellfire. It's not the flame. The flame is a mechanism to make you want water. And that water is the spirit. Do you understand anything I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Beautiful. So the light of your menorah, that living water that is on your inside, you must put the spirit within. That shikina, that flawless, incorruptible man that is within, you must... That's why you have speaking in tongues. It's our venue to put the spirit within, put upon. It is the spirit upon that does miracles. It is the spirit of God upon that does those good works of the Father. For the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me too. So God wants you to steer yourself, put the spirit within, and put it upon by the mechanism of the living water in you. So you receive the living water and out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Why do we fast then? We fast to ensure that the light in our holies of holies, which is our spirit man, can penetrate into our menorah. Hence, we are putting the spirit within, putting upon. We are not fasting so that God can give us money. We are not fasting so that we can get a breakthrough. That's not why we are fasting. We are fasting to put the spirit within upon and to get things done. Now, if you want to use this fasting period to declare things, material things, feel free. That's why you carry the spirit within and put upon. Do so. If you want to change things in your business, it's a beautiful time to do so. You can. The Holy Ghost is the advantage. It's not just an advantage. You can. But we fast to ensure that the light of our menorah is not it. Some people's light, if it's not off, it's almost off. Onja, you know me, this food. Eh? God will help you. So we're fasting to put the spirit within upon. So we're listening to the word of God. We are praying. We are stirring our hearts. We're stirring our hearts. We're ensuring that the light of our menorah doesn't go off. Right? So there is this, the explanation of Zechariah chapter 4. We see it in a type of church, the Lesedonica church. Jesus said, you people think you are rich. You think you are wealthy. You think you have money. Which is the explanation of not by power, not by might, but by my spirit here, the Lord. So Jesus was saying, you have power. You have might. But you people lack spirits. He says, I'm at the door. I'm knocking. If anybody open unto me, I will buy of me gold. 
He says, you are naked, you are wretched. A church that is not on fire for God, that is not hungry for God, what am I saying? Let me read it to you. You can't be in a church, you are not on fire for God, just nothing, things of God don't stress you, you are not praying, you are not doing anything, you just come to church and just have a good time. No, that's not why we come to church. That's not why we gather in church, right? Look at it, Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. And unto the angel of the church, um, of the um, Laodicea writes, this thing said, this thing said the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Verse 15, I know thy works. This is God. This is his church. This is his church. This is not a mocks. We're not talking about Buddhist shrine. This is Jesus' letter to his own church. He says, I know thy works, and thou art neither hot nor cold. Jesus is complaining. Right? I would thou wet cold or hot. That means I would have loved if you were hot or cold. Just says, he says, so then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Verse 17. Because thou sayest. So how do you know a lukewarm church? Now listen to this. You don't know a lukewarm church because of prayer life. Listen, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. See what he said. Don't let us interpret what he didn't say. He says, because thou said, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. This is a lukewarm church. So this church is doing fine. They have money. They are financially okay. Everything is fine. They are calling things forth in their business and it's coming to pass. Jesus says they are wretched and poor and blind. Look at the adjectives that Jesus uses to, this is not negative speaking, this adjective. Jesus, this is a description of a church. Jesus called them his church. This is the express words of Jesus describing his own church. Then he says, and I counsel you to buy of me gold tried in fire that thou mayest be rich. He said, you don't hire no rich. Come and buy something from me so that you can be rich. And white remnant. That fire there is talking about purification. The white remnant there is talking about righteousness. So pur purity, they had no idea of purity. They just behave anyhow. Righteousness, nothing to them. Right, that thou may be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thy eyes with eyeshadow. That means that you may be able to see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chastise, be zealous thereof. And Jesus then ends with repent. In other words, fasting is a time for us to repent from worldliness. Too much worldliness. Also, 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 also. It's a time to repent, retreat. Understand true riches in Christ by of Jesus. That's why we're fasting. 
we're stirring ourselves, we're giving spiritual realities priority. Don't do this 21 days fasting and prayer and do it normally. Let the 21 days fasting and prayer show that you are on a personal 21 days retreats. Retreats, really retreats. Right? Come out, come back, step back and steer yourself. Put the spirit within, put upon. That's why we are fasting. We are fasting because we don't want to be like this church. We don't want everything working fine and then nothing is working in the spirit. And then what Jesus did not do was not done. What Jesus did not give you does not exist. So if you gather anything that was not given to you by the Lord, it's still nonsense. Paul says, I count all things but dung for the excellency of the knowledge of him. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when we say we're fasting, what we're doing primarily is we're trying to put the spirit within upon. That's number one. Number two is we're retreating from worldliness. We are retreating from being mundane. There's something wrong with your theology if purity consecration is not the response. You are hearing something wrong. When you hear that your sins have been forgiven and paid in full, you respond in thanksgiving by working in that reality. If, if that's not what is happening, then you are not hearing the gospel. You are not hearing it. You're not, you are not getting what we're saying. Because the apostles understood and heard what you're saying, and they were not lascivious. In fact, they got more serious and zealous for the work of the ministry. So if you're hearing realities in Christ Jesus, and it's not producing purity and consecration, then you're hearing something wrong. If you are still very, very 100% comfortable with listening to David and Whiskey Dabon after a church service or even any time, and you are absolutely comfortable, it's fine, then it shows that you need to grow. You have to understand what we're saying. Imagine in, inside the inner courts, just think about it. In the inner courts, David is performing. How does it make sense? But that's what he's doing in your heart. That's exactly what he's doing in your hands. David is around your manora and he's using your manora as a mic to sing. That's what he's, he's doing. That's exactly what he's doing. Your body is the temple of God. So the response to the revelation, the realities of what Christ has done must be purity and concentration. That's the response. If that's not the response, you are not hearing what we're saying. You are not, on, you don't hear, you are not hearing it. You do not believe the gospel of grace because we are saved by grace, not of works, but for good works. That's the balance. We are saved by grace, not of works, but for good works. How? By yielding in purity and consecration to whatever the Lord will have you do. That's the balance. 
That's the balance. And so if you're hearing the gospel of grace, it gives you a sense of ownership to the realities in Christ. You are the temple of God. Listen, you are the holies of holies. Your soul is the inner court. And your body is the outer court. Everything about you reflects worship. Everything about you reflects. You don't go to church. You take church to the building. You are the one that is making sure that the assembly, God is there. You brought him there. These 21 days, be serious with your life. There are three sessions. You will not die if for 21 days you're praying 30 minutes and listening to the word of God for an hour, 30 minutes twice, and the word of God once. Imagine what that would do. Can you imagine what that would do to your spirits? Imagine you're studying your books for two hours every day. Imagine what would that would do to your spirit. And what are we praying for? We are not praying two things. Mostly we're praying that the eyes of our understanding be enlightened, that we may know. What do we, what do we want to know? The hope of our calling. What we, are, what we pray that the eyes of our understanding is enlightened. We are not praying into the clouds. Paul tells us what we are praying, that the eyes of our understanding is enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of God. It's clear, dear, the reason why we are praying. So these are the things you watch out for to see if your prayers are getting answered. Imagine what will happen to the eyes of your understanding. Understanding the hope of your calling. The exceeding power of his greatness to us, Lord. Imagine that your eyes of understanding opens to see that Christ has been made head of all things to the church for you. And he is he. You are he that filleth he that filleth all in all. Imagine that you understand that Christ is seated far above principalities and powers. And now you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Paul is saying, I can preach it, but I want you to pray and see it. He says, it's when you see it, then, then it begins to happen. Then there is the reality. There is a new definition. So these 21 days, fast. These 21 days, fast. Be serious about fasting. Listen, we have been empowered by the Spirit of God and by accurate revelation of the light of God's word. We have no excuse but to be the best, the first fruits of all creatures. Listen, if everybody is best, if there is a way also, you should be better than best. What do you want to complain about? What do you want to complain about? Is it strength in the word of God to give you fortitude to do what the Lord is saying? Or the revelation that his father and his grace and his strength is always available for you? You have no excuse. And remember, it is not an African proverb. It's God that said that to whom much is forgiven, to whom much is given, much is expected. It's in your Bible. It's not African proverb. The spirit of God and the light of God's word is an investment. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. 
Don't waste it. Don't waste it. So soak yourself in consecration. These 21 days, let people see a transformation in your life. Demonstrate the power of God for once. You talk too much. Let there be demo. You don't preach healing. Ah, God can heal you. No, you demonstrate it. When you perceive, you are sharp in your spirit. You perceive that somebody has faith to be healed. Rise up. Hey, rise up. Make thy bed. Jesus makes thee well. Move on. This 21 days should be 21 days of bliss and glory. Because you're waiting on the Lord. And expect an impartation. If you're praying about it, God is expecting that you should be expecting it. Pray. Remember what we're doing. We are putting the spirit within, we are putting upon. That Shekinah glory, that light, that I'm not the one trying to force it. The light already exists. The light is already there in my spirit. I steer myself and put that light upon in such a way that men will begin to hear their language at my sound. They will begin to hear about the marvelous works of God at my appearance, at my devotion, at my waiting, at my sound. So these 21 days, we put the spirit within, we put upon, I can't emphasize that enough. That's what the Lord wants us to do. Put the spirit within upon. I want to hear amazing testimonies of miracles. And guess what? If you're wise, you know that what I'm saying, in other words, is that this 21 days is 21 days of fasting, prayer, and evangelism. God doesn't like the fact that you are too stopped. You are having what is called spiritual constipation. You know too many things, but you are not sharing it. You are not using it. If you are not doing it, you are not hearing. I've given you the analogy before. If I say, David, come. The evidence that you heard what I said is that you stood up to come. If you don't stand up to come, you are not hearing. And God will not waste his time shouting at a deaf man because the problem is not his voice. The problem is that the person is, he lacks capacity to hear. So no matter what you say, come, come, come. He's deaf, spiritually deaf. We are not spiritually deaf. Abi, nobody's answering me. We are not spiritually deaf, Abi. Yes, So this is the Lord calling you. This 21 days, be radical. Listen, you have hustled all through this year. Why not do spiritual also? Madness is doing the same thing, the same way and expecting a different results. Why not try another method? Hmm? At least try and fail. It's better than failing to try. Why not try another method? Drop your own business and do the business of the Father. This 21 days, fast, pray, and evangelize. I didn't say invite people to church. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about evangelism. Talk to open your mouth and talk. Talk about Jesus. This 21 days. That's the only way you will see, you will see miracles. That's where you will see power. Killer Fanny, what's the essence of putting the spirit within upon if you are not healing the sick? 
healing the brokenhearted, if you are not preaching the acceptability of the Lord, if you are not setting the captives free, why is the Spirit upon, upon you then? Jesus said, the Spirit for the, um, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me too. So if the Spirit upon Spirit of God is upon you, there are things that the Spirit upon must do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Mm. Yes, sir. Be hearing no. Be hearing no. Listen, this, this is the will of God for you. God wants you to take purity serious. He wants you to take consecration serious. Have sacred things. I don't like when people just talk anyhow and think. It's no good. You're a Christian, right? Don't be like Esau. The Bible says he was profane. He had a reprobate mind. Nothing was sacred to him. You were not permitted to date somebody that was not an Israelite. He went and married wives from uh, Amalekites and the Morabites. He, he, Morabites. He, was, he was just a profane person. Nothing was sacred to him. And that's why he lost being part and parcel of the divine plan and genealogy of God on earth. Don't be like that. Don't be like that. Mene, mene, take care, That thing that you saw was a product of somebody's lack of consecration. Don't be like that. Have things that are sacred to you in your devotion. Your body should be sacred. Oh, help us. Your body is the temple of God. I don't know. These things have been said so many times that they now sound cliche. Do you know what it means to host God? You need to have that mentality, that ideology. God is on my inside. Whoa. Glory be to God. But that's a responsibility. That's a responsibility. God is on my inside. Ah. It's a huge thing. Praise the Lord. Does anybody have any questions? Does anybody have any questions? You people understand the essence of all my stories today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So these 21 days, practice concentration. Be serious. The Bible says, let any man that is double-minded. Don't let him think that he can receive anything from God. Any man that is always say, just forget it. Just going to be sleeping and be wishing it. You can't receive anything from God. Don't have a dual life. And then you use theology to back up your ungodliness and make theology your form of godliness. After, after which you're denying the workings and the power therein. That kind of person is worse than devil. Devil is cold. You are hot and cold. You have no place with the devil. You have no place with God. You have already become your own deity. 
at least let somebody have you. So be serious. Listen, I'm teaching you today as an instruction in righteousness. These things are not assumption. And if you're wise, don't take it as an advice. I purposely read that last verse. He said, whom the Lord loveth, he corrects, he chastises, he rebukes. Purity, consecration, pray. Deprive your body of food. You will not die. It's 21 days. And on five, evangelize. Talk about Jesus. Evangelize. I'm not saying church marketing. Hi, brother. Jesus loves you. Mm -mm. That's what I'm saying. Look for how to engage in a conversation. Feel fulfilled that you led somebody to Christ by baptizing the person in the Holy Ghost. That's why you need. You know you did a good job. You say, ah, Jesus loves you. I evangelized to one person today. What does that mean? Evangelize. Right? Michael, do you understand? Yes, sir, I do. Yes, sir. Simi, do you understand? Yes, sir. Melody, do you understand? Yes, sir. Blessing, do you understand? Yes, sir. All right. So these 21 days, say after me, I'm on fire for God. I am on fire for God. I'm putting the spirit within upon. I'm putting the spirit within upon. I'm carrying Jesus on my head. I'm carrying Jesus on my head. Yeah. Purity. So this 21 days, practice purity. Practice concentration. Alim tells on you enjoy it. You will love it. For example, what do you mean by practice purity? Is it like I should not eat, I should not talk to people? No. We're talking about training your spirit, training your mind, right? To conform to the true essence of what your spirit is all about. It can be keeping quiet. Align people have their way and looking foolish. That's what we're talking about. Just be like water, flow. That's what we talk about in purity. Just flow. Allow. Let people take advantage of you and you know they are doing it and you are just, you are surprised at yourself because that's not you. Mm -hmm. Definitely the Holy Ghost that work. Spend time. Have devotion. Once it's time for prayer, listen, that 12 a.m. prayer, if you're in Nigeria and the prayer is 12 a.m., train yourself to wake up. 
do everything humanly possible to ensure that you are awake. If you are in the US here, to make sure you wake up. Those things are beautiful. They help your mind understand that you are very serious. It, it helps you to get it. I'm serious. I know what I want. That you're sleeping and you're like, I will still pray. Ah, it's beautiful. And paradventure, my brothers and sisters, you forgot that you were fasting and you ate. Finish what you are eating. Not everything, no. Hmm. If you ate biscuits, you know, say, oh, I'm fasting. Finish what you're eating. It's disgusting to be spitting in front of people. I'm just calling unnecessary attention. Finish what you are eating. And you know yourself. Some people say, I'll eat out I'm fasting now. Ah, I forgot. You didn't forget. You did intention. You are deceiving yourself. Finish what you are eating. After I finish, don't drink water. That's a balanced diet. Don't drink water. When you finish what you are eating, you continue with your fast. That's not an excuse. Yeah, spoil it. I'll continue tomorrow. You're not going. Go and buy a bar. And some people doing, doing that, uh, when they are fasting, that when they are breaking, maybe they are breaking by six. You will eat the morning, afternoon, and night at once. You are not serious. You are not even serious at all. You don't know that as gluttony. You are breaking with sin. That is not good. You are not even, you are not even serious at all, Sha. You want to break your fast. You have three different plates of three different food. And then you will eat by 11.30. Oh, I'm saying all these things in case you have these intentions so I can be spoiling it. Don't do it though. Be serious. Let this fast count. God will help you in Jesus' name. Let's pray in the spirit. Let's pray in the spirit. Do you guys understand and have you been blessed today? It, when you have finished doing it just jump at it that's why you are fasting you're trying to get rid of unbelief you're going to receive favor in your devotion you be struggling to pray grace is released amen Amen. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you guys. And um, 21 days, we start on Monday. We can